Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, my name is Akil Stokes, Forex trader, trading coach, and one of the co-founders over at tier1trading.com. If you are serious about your trading, you're looking to take the next step, make sure you check out our website, www.tier1trading.com. Sign up for that 14-day risk-free trial membership. Join the best community of traders in the world and surround yourself with a culture of success. In today's episode, I want to talk, uh, I want to continue a conversation we had about backtesting. I put out a podcast a little while ago, I believe episode 160-ish, maybe around there, um, answering some questions about backtesting. And I got an interesting response. Um, there was a response on YouTube that said something about, um, you know, uh, backtesting is pointless and no one that has ever traded real money has done backtesting. And what I did was I decided to share that comment on social media. Now, it wasn't for, I wasn't looking to be like, hey guys, I'm so hurt by this comment. Uh, I wasn't looking to give this troll, uh, I don't think he was a troll, but maybe he could be, I don't know, any type of recognition. But I like sharing stuff like that because it opens the door for conversation. And I think I think conversation isn't something that we have enough. I think people are opinionated and it's, it's fine. I, I'm very opinionated myself, but I don't think many people or enough people, I should say, are, are open to having dialogue, having conversation about their opinion and explaining it. And when you have that conversation, it, it can do one of two things. Um, it can enlighten you. It, it can it can bring light to something or a perspective that you never thought about before. Maybe you change your opinion. It could do nothing to your opinion, but at least you can understand where the person is coming from. And from the outsider looking in, it, it allows them to see both sides of the story. So imagine that we're having this conversation and I I posted on Twitter as I did, and someone that was kind of like, I don't really know what backtesting is, right? I, I put out the poll question. Um, it said, you know, something, do you think backtesting is mandatory? Do you think it's pointless? Or do you not know what backtesting is? Um, and as of right now, there's one day left, about 79% said backtesting is mandatory. About 13% said it was pointless, a waste of time. And about 9% said they're not sure what backtesting is. So that 9% that was unsure, by seeing the dialogue that really unfolded because of this question, 
it allows them to see both sides of the story. It allows them to hear the opinions from those who think it is pointless and why they think so. It allows them to hear the opinions for those who think it is mandatory and why they think so. And it allows them, you would think, to make an educated decision on whether this is something that they should value or not. And I didn't really think, um, you know, I didn't really think it was going to get a, a big response. But I'll tell you what, I posted the question Friday. And this weekend, I went down, took a trip to Virginia for my, my grandmother's 90th birthday, and I kind of took a break from social media. I had, I had my normal stuff scheduled to go out, and I, I did, uh, I think, a few Instagram stories because we're in a, a very nice location, a, a nice log cabin, a private room, and it was, it was just really, really cool. I, I like seeing new places. My first time down to this area. Um, but in general, I decided to really shut the phone off and just, you know, enjoy a day with family and, and, and friends and people that I haven't seen in a while. And when I came back uh, and opened it up this morning, uh, the day after, I saw I had about a, like 100 hits on my Twitter. And I'm like, oh, man, what is this? And it wasn't just like retweets and stuff. It was like it was comments. And, and, and I saw that this really did spark a conversation. And um, I, I thought I should really, I guess, verbalize my opinion with a follow-up podcast. And obviously, I, I do think backtesting is important. Right. I do think it's important. I, I do think it's mandatory. Am I one that says every single person must backtest or you're going to be a losing trader? No. Right. I, I'm, I'm bright enough and I have enough experience in the industry uh, working with newer traders, talking to very, very successful traders to know that everyone can achieve success in different ways. Right. There's no single trading strategy that makes you successful. There's there's no one action that makes everyone successful. Yes, there are certain actions in general that most successful people do or traits that most successful people carry, but it's never, you know, 100%. So I'm always open to the idea, for example, you know, I think someone mentioned, hey, I know super traders that make blah, blah, blah percent return that have never back tested in their life. And yeah, that, that can be true. I, I am not denying that. But when we look at the common successful trader, the common successful trader, most successful traders do backtest or do perform some type of backtesting action. And I wanted to educate you guys on what's really important about backtesting because many of the comments made it seem like the only thing, the only point of backtesting is to develop a strategy. And kind of the, the, the big hit against backtesting was, well, Keel, market conditions change in the past. They're different now than they were, blah, 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 a year ago. So why would historical data give you any type of, or why would it have any type of relevance in today's market? And that's only one part of the story, right? The, the three main things of backtesting are this. One, you want to make sure what you're doing works. You want to make sure what you're doing works throughout different market conditions. And backtesting isn't as simple as going a month before and seeing if it works. No, that's not really backtesting. I would argue that many people that do backtesting don't actually do proper backtesting. And maybe that's why they don't find value in it, right? Backtesting is going through essentially as much historical data as you can find, right? Going through different market conditions, different market phases, testing your strategy to see if it can last over time. I'm talking going back to the year 2000. I'm talking going back through the, the recession of what, 2008, 2009, 2010, those periods. 
the low volatility time from 2014 to present day, right? Testing your strategy or your techniques throughout all those conditions and seeing how it works. Does it work during trending markets? Does it work during markets that are consolidating? Does it work during high volatility markets, low volatility markets, right? If you have a strategy that can withstand the test of time, that's usually a very good sign that you will be able to achieve consistent success in the markets. Because as market conditions change in the future, five years from now, 10 years from now, you know that what you're doing works. And that's very important. The second thing about backtesting is developing your RAS, your reticular activating system, right? For you guys that are not familiar with the brain, your RAS, to put it in a very simple term, is essentially your brain's filter. It is the, the filtering device that allows you to focus on what is important and what is not important, right? It's, think about it as like a, a recognition device. Um, and there, there are so many good examples. I, I've done this before, but if we do one right now, this is one of my favorite ones. Um, I want you to look around uh, your room, right? If you're driving and listening to this into the car, do not do this. I do not want to be responsible for you getting into an accident. I'll give another example for the drivers, but um, look around your room right now, and I, I want you or your office, wherever you're at, and I want you to pick out everything that is blue, right? Take a few seconds. I'm going to sip some agua here. Everything that's blue. See how many things you can find. Memorize it. I'm going to ask you what it is in a little bit. All right, got it? I lied. I'm not going to ask you. How many things can you point out that were yellow? Well, probably not too much. And, and the question is why? Well, when I gave you the specific duty, the specific task to think about everything or find everything that's blue, your brain locked in on a single thing, right? It filtered out everything that was yellow, green, black, purple, and it only focused on the blue. You're like, okay, okay, blue, that, blue, blue, blue blue, right? You were dead set focused on that one thing that really nothing else mattered. You can do the same thing for um, really by accident, right? Have you ever gone to, have you ever bought a, a car? Um, go to the dealership, you buy a car. And then all of a sudden, as soon as you buy the car, what happens? You're driving out, you're like, man, first, you know, this is, this is awesome, new car, haven't really seen it that much. I'm kind of unique. And then what do you see? Who pulls up next to you? Same car, different color. Same car, different color. Driving past, same car, different color. And you're like, what? As soon as I decide to buy this car, everyone else gets the same thing? Well, no, not necessarily. But guess what? You're paying attention to it now more. It was always out there. You just, it filtered out because you didn't care. It filtered out the irrelevant information. As a sports athlete, I did the same thing where I would often get tunnel vision when, uh, you know, when I played baseball, whether uh, the ball's hit in my direction or whether when I played football, when I'm throwing the ball, right? Everything else kind of would like blur out in the background and I would be locked in on the single thing. So developing your RAS is key because in trading, here's the secret. Most of the time and most of the action that happens in the market most of the time, it's irrelevant or random, right? Most of what's happening on your chart has no purpose at all. I love saying this to my traders that I, that I work with on the platform uh, over at Tier 1. I say it's not the, not the what, but the where. 
right? I think many people get caught up over different like pattern formations. Ooh, double top. Ooh, AB equals CD pattern. Equal measured move, right? Honestly, they don't really matter. The what that is. It's only when that what lines up at the same place as the where, right? An important level where we have a trading opportunity. Most of what happens on your chart is random. And if we don't know exactly what to look for, there's a good chance that we can get caught up in that randomness. And when we get caught up in that randomness, we're taking bad trades. So when you backtest, you develop your RAS, right? Your reticular activating system to lock in, to key in on a very specific thing. And that would be whatever your strategy is. You know, for example, if you are um, an advanced pattern trader, like, you know, Gartley, Cyphers, Butterflies, Bats, Sharks, Crabs, all that fun stuff, right? Very hard to see when you first learn them, right? I know for, for me, I couldn't identify a cipher pattern to save my life, and I'll tell you why in a second, but very hard to identify when you first learn them. But imagine after you go through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and possibly thousands of trades only looking for this single thing, locked in on only this thing, right? A few podcasts ago, I told you, don't back test multiple things at the same time, focus on one thing and then move on to the next, right? What do you think happens when you focus on this one thing and you focus on this one thing over thousands and thousands and thousands of times? Do you get better or worse at recognizing it? You get better. You're starting to filter out everything else in the market and you're starting to pay attention to, okay, I know I'm looking for this impulse leg and then this type of retracement and it starts to really pop out to you. It's kind of like a, like a Where's Waldo book, if you guys are familiar with those books. It's a, it's a bunch of stuff on a book and there's a little guy named Waldo in this striped shirt and glasses and he's, he's you know, he's, he's hidden on these books. And, and the goal is you look at this book and you got to try and find them. And you see all this other stuff to distract you, right? You see this guy jumping off a bridge, this guy with a helicopter, right? There's everything in the world. If you haven't seen a Where's Waldo book, maybe I'm aging myself. <laughs> but check it out. It's awesome on the internet, right? Um, and you look at it for like minutes and minutes, maybe hours, and then you find them. But the next time you go to that book, you know exactly what you're looking for, and it gets easier and easier and easier. Same thing with those magic eye books where you got to like cross your eyes and the thing pops out to you. I love those. Um, but as you get reps in the market through backtesting, you train your RAS, right? You practice on what you're supposed to focus on. Now, I told you guys, I'd tell you a story, right? When I, um, I backtested a lot, mainly because I backtested the wrong way. So I would backtest and I would mess up and I'd go over and backtest again. I'd mess up and I'd be like, ooh, I want to change this. And I'd backtest again. So I got really, really good at identifying um, uh, pattern formations when I first started backtesting patterns. So I can identify Gartley really, really good because I just, I trained my RES so well because I backtested so many times. And I went from Gartley's to Bats, which are both uh, kind of M and W shaped pattern formation. They look like M's and W's if you were to draw them out in your chart. Now, when, when my, uh, one of our other co-founders, Darren, when he invented the cipher pattern, right? And he invented the cipher pattern by accident. He found the cipher pattern by accident. He was actually looking for something else and it, it popped up. But before we, before we made it public and, and really put it out there to the trading community, um, we were tasked with testing it, 
because it, it's one thing for Darren to find, and he had this, these remarkable results, uh, but we want to make sure that he's not blinded. You, you can imagine that when someone finds something for the first time, something that never existed, you can imagine that they want it to work. So, you know, just like in backtesting, sometimes you can kind of finagle the results, not purposely, but you want to see certain things because you want a certain result. So he shot me over the rules for the cipher pattern, uh, same with our mastermind group at the time. Um, and he said, hey, guys, I want you to backtest this. And I, I, I want I want to see all of your guys' statistics to see how it lines up with mine, because I want to see if this thing is actually as brilliant as I think it is, or if it's just that way because I want it to be that way. And for you guys that are familiar with the cipher, the cipher doesn't really form like a, a like a like a Gartley or a bat pattern. It's not an M or a W type of formation. It's more like a, imagine like an AB equals CD pattern with a with a violation of the previous outside return afterwards for you guys that are familiar with the charts. Um, and when I first started looking for it, I couldn't find it to save my life. And I'm talking to Darren and Darren's like, one of the cool things about this pattern formation is that it's so frequent in the market, right? I see it so many times uh, more compared to like Gartley's and Bats and other pattern formations. It's so frequent, it's everywhere. And I'm sitting here going through like years of data and I'm like, I found one? And I thought about it and the reason why is because my eyes were so trained to see a specific type of move, a M or a W type of move, that seeing this AB equals CD and then violation of structure, I just couldn't pick up on. I just, I, I was so good at filtering out the unnecessary um, that didn't fit into this one little category that it was hard for me to see. So it took a long time for me to become good and really test a cipher pattern because I basically had to reprogram what I was filtering and, and what I wasn't, right? And that's the beauty of backtesting. Again, you, you, people all the time will be like, hey, Akil, do you, see this? do you see this setup? And I'm like, no. Or people ask all the time, how, how long does it take you to look at a chart and know that you have a trading opportunity or not? And I say, probably about 10 seconds. I can look at a chart and within 10 seconds, I can tell you whether it's less than that. Within five seconds, I can tell you whether I'm interested or not. Well, how do you do it so quick? Well, because I know exactly what I'm looking for. I'm filtered in or I'm locked in on one single thing. Everything else on the chart is irrelevant from my personal trading perspective. Now, from coaching others, it is relevant because I know people trade other ways. And one of the things I try to do in my live room and in, in our Trading Edge videos is I, I show different perspectives. So I'll show opportunities where like, hey, this one's not for me. But if you're this type of breakout trader, here's how I would take advantage of it. But as far as my personal trading goes, I can tell within five seconds because I'm filtering out all the mess. So... Building and training that RES is, is key in backtesting. And what's key about it is in the backtesting phase, you know, it, it's a lot easier to do. It's a lot more, I guess, realistic than doing it live, right? One of the comments I got is that, you know, why, why look at historical data? And it was like, well, you can just do the same thing. You can just do the same thing live. And, and I asked the trader, I said, well, how long would it take you to do it live? How much money or time are you wasting, right? If, if, if I'm telling you this, right, I, I typically tell my traders this. When you backtest a minimum of 100 trades per pair, per time frame, per strategy, minimum, more is better. Or five years, if you're in a higher time frame chart or four hour, you know, it's going to be very, very hard to get 100 trades, you know, um, unless you go really, really, really far back. So 100 trades minimum or five years, right? Because that's, I think that's enough data to help train your eyes and that's enough data to, to give you kind of a, a realistic expectation of how your system performs. 
Now, if you weren't going to do back testing, right? So let's put it this way. If you do back testing and you go over your 100 trades, you go over your five years, how long is that going to take you? Well, obviously, that depends on how much time you have to back test, how crazy you are, um, how quick before your, your hand gets stuck in that claw formation or the, the right arrow button breaks on your keyboard from scrolling through years and years of data one, one bar at a time. But let's say that you can, you can complete a full round of back testing on your entire portfolio within a month. Within a month. And again, just, just putting it out there. Everyone's different. It all depends on what you're doing, how detailed you are in your testing, how much time you have available, all that fun stuff. But let's just say a month, right? You find 100 trades in a month. Perfect. If you weren't to do that back testing, and obviously you're learning from whatever you do back testing, you're learning if it works, if it doesn't work, it's all that fun stuff, how to, how to trade it most profitably, maximum favorable excursion, maximum adverse excursion, right? All the details that you get from back testing. Again, stats are good. I'd rather have stats than not have stats uh, any day of the week. But imagine if you were saying, ah, back testing is not worth it. I want to just do that live. Well, how long would it take you live to get 100 trades or five years worth of data? Um, maybe five years. So do you really want to invest that type of time? Do you want to spend five years of real time finding out if something works or not? And then the argument would still be against you, right? By the time you trade it live, what if it doesn't stand the market? The market condition changes, right? It's a much more efficient way to do it because instead of waiting five years to see if something actually works, you can do it in a month, five months total learning how to trade and be actually trading by your, your second year in the market. You just saved yourself four years. But the last part of backtesting, the third important thing is belief. When you have ran your system through the grinder, which is backtesting, and you've, you've typically people, if you're doing system development, typically, you know, you, you, we always talk about, I, we have an example, and I did a project this, um, this past winter um, on strategy development where I was developing a strategy, right? I was, I was attempting to develop a strategy, um, uh, a, a, a strategy on the daily chart, uh, inside bar breakout strategy on the daily chart, where you can literally come in one time a day, check your chart, buy or sell or do nothing, and, and that's it. And I was walking our traders through this live as I was developing it, and I, and I showed them the developmental process. And one of the biggest benefits of the traders seeing that is I think many people think you just get it the first time. It's like a, a science experiment. You just do it. You have the right you know, calculations, the right formula, and it works. Well, no, it, it, it's typically a lot of trial and error. You, you have an idea, a very broad idea, and then you start putting it through the grinder and, and you kind of get more specific with it. Right? You get more specific with the idea, and then you test it out, and then it's like, ah, it doesn't work. And then you go back to your notebook and you, you change the formula a little bit and it doesn't work. And you go back to your notebook, you change the formula a little bit, it doesn't work, right? I've been recently I've been watching this show on Netflix called the uh, Umbrella Academy. And there's one guy who was doing the same thing with like time travel. He's trying to save the world and he keeps getting these formula wrong as far as like him changing time and whatnot. So he just keeps going back and changing it and keeps going back and changing it. Trial and error, right? And sometimes it works, um, sometimes it doesn't work. But... By the time you invest all that time with trial and error and, and, and trying and changing and trying and changing and testing, trying, changing, testing, trying, changing, testing, and then finally getting through that testing process, 
having all of that raw data at your fingertips, seeing what is the best way to trade my system? How would it perform if I were super aggressive? How would I perform if I was super conservative? How would it perform if I didn't trade Mondays? How would it perform if I didn't trade these specific hours? How would it perform if I didn't trade these specific pairs? How would it perform if I didn't trade this specific entry, right? Basically, any question you have could be answered. What is my biggest drawdown as far as percentage-wise? What's my biggest losing streak as far as trade-wise, right? When you have all of this information, it, it, it allows you to form a belief. Because you've put in all the work, you're confident in your system. You know it works. You know exactly how it works. And when we trade live, that is the kind of the, the psychological foundation that you need to be successful. A few traders commented on the Twitter, right, about how they have been in a drawdown, but they've been able to muscle through it all because of their backtesting. Well, how, how does backtesting, how does historical data help you with a real live drawdown, right? You're bleeding money in real life. How does a little spreadsheet with numbers on it help? Well, it allows you to see if this is a, a natural drawdown or a self-inflicted drawdown. Because guess what? All strategies have drawdowns. As a trader, at some point, you are going to go through a drawdown. In fact, you're probably going to be in a drawdown more times than you're not in a drawdown. So what's going to keep you sane through that drawdown? Knowing that it's okay, knowing that it's supposed to happen, going through your backtesting results and seeing that, hey, during my backtesting, there were periods where I lost 10 trades in a row. There were periods where I took a 10% hit. And while in real life, we're thinking it's the end of the world, right? We're drowning in this pool and there's, there's no bottom to push off of. We're just going to go down forever. Going through your backtesting results gives you that belief. Okay, well, I took 10 trades in a row and then the following month, the 10 losing trades in a row, then the following month, I rebounded and had a 20% return. That gives you that belief. So when you're drowning in real life in this drawdown, in the back of your mind, you're like, there, the bottom is here. It's close. The bottom is here, it's close. And once I get to that bottom, I can push off with my feet and explode up out of the water to my next, uh, my new equity high. And that belief is what keeps you going. That belief is what keeps you from, from giving up, from quitting, from saying, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna die. That belief is what keeps you going. And that belief is what will ultimately get you success. So, Psychology, belief is key, key. And it's probably the most key part of backtesting. Because until you have that experience in the market, I've been trading a very, very long time. I've gone through a fair share of drawdowns every single year. They're always different. Some are short and painful. Some are long and painful. <laughs> long and torturous, I'd rather say. Um, so in the back of my mind, whenever I face a drawdown, I'm like, okay, well, remember that 2016 drawdown? Oh yeah, this is nothing compared to that. I remember that year, was it 2014, where I took like one, like three months in a drawdown, but then ended really, really profitably? Oh yeah, okay, right, I have that belief to pull on. But when you're in your first year of trading, do you have that? You don't have any real-time results. You have nothing formed. 
So what else is there? That's all you have. So for people that challenge backtesting, it's, you know, it's, it, it, again, I don't get it. Um, I believe there are, there are certain scenarios where maybe you don't have to backtest. For example, if you are being, if you are part of, let's say, a, a prop firm, and you are being mentored and shadowed by a, a, a highly successful trader, you are trading their system um, word by word, step by step, I guess you, you would say, and you know it works because it's their system, it's step by step, they're sitting there telling you um, that this works. You don't necessarily need to form that belief because you're 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 trading something of someone else's and they're right there making sure you trade it the same way. Now I still think backtesting is valuable. I, I would never believe someone else as much as I believe myself, but I, I I can see that being the case. And as far as a psychological standpoint, right, it's it's easy to be psychologically sound when someone's in back of you saying, Hey, take that trade. Right? That's one of the reasons our live rooms have been so successful because we're in live trades in our live room and many of our traders that join us, they're taking those trades as well. And you know, we lose, right? Reality check, we lose sometimes, right? Reality check, we win sometimes. And some of those wins don't go directly to profit. Sometimes they go in the loss, uh, the, the, the negative first reality check, right? Well, guess what happens as, as, as I'm in the room taking a trade, as Jason Greystone's in the room taking a trade, and as many of the other traders are in there taking the same trade as us because they, they trade similarly. Guess what happens when it goes into the negative? Is it as painful if you know your trading coach and trading mentor is in the same boat as you? No, because they see how we handle it. We never panic. And because we never panic, it gives them the confidence not to panic as, all, uh, as well. It's like, okay, well, Jason's calm. It's cool. Akil's treating us like it's nothing. I have nothing to worry about. It gives him that little bit of confidence boost to stay with it. And if it loses, it loses. Big deal. It happens. If it turns around and wins, it turns around and wins. It gives, gives a little psychological boost. So if you have someone following over your shoulder and doing that, it's a different story. Because you have that confidence. You have that hand on your shoulder and say, hey, John, it's okay. Don't, it just, don't, don't worry. We've been here before. But reality check, are most people in that situation? You listening to this podcast right now, are you in that situation where you're being personally mentored with someone looking over your shoulder every single minute, every single trade, making sure you do the right thing? Probably not. You're probably by yourself. Many of you are part of the tier one trading community. But even that, most of your trades, you're probably by yourself stuck in a world with you and your thoughts so you're not in the same situation the average retail trader isn't in the same situation as someone that is being personally mentored personally shadowed so i do believe that's the case and and, and maybe backtesting isn't as necessary i still see it as a benefit but maybe it's not as necessary but most of us aren't in that case Most of us are fighting the lonely battle of being retail traders, of having no friends, no family that actually know what we do. And it's just us. And if it's just you, you need those psychological benefits of backtesting to get you through. It's not one way, 
in my opinion, it's the only one.